What is it like to subtitle a Disney show about the gender debate? Coming up. Hello and welcome back to the Freelanceverse. A few weeks ago I was invited by Supertext, a translation agency based in Zurich and also in other places in the world, to give a keynote speech at their freelancer convention. Of course I was very happy to be approached for this opportunity and I took it and to today's video is basically a summary of my speech. They asked me to give a speech about localization and subtitling. So I kind of merged the two things together and I gave a speech based on a TV show uh, that's available on Disney Plus called Good Trouble. So before we get into the speech, a few words about Supertext. As I said, it's a translation agency, so you guys can potentially also work with them. Uh, the Lucas, the chief language officer of the company, was already on the channel. I made an interview with him. You can click here if you want to, want to check it out. So I'm also going to put the link in the description where you can sign up in the freelancer pool of Supertext if you want to potentially work with them. Of course, signing up doesn't mean that you will get jobs in the end. It just means that you are in their database and they potentially reach out to you if they need you. I can only recommend to work with them. I, I've been working with them for five years and it's, it's always a pleasure. The PMs are super nice and uh, I think they're doing an amazing job with, with handling the freelancers. If you want to watch all the other speeches from the convention, I'm also going to link them down below. Uh, they are all on the YouTube channel from Supertext. And hopefully I see you next year at the Supertext Freelancer Convention. Enjoy my talk. So, hello everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me to Supertext and to all of you for tuning in from wherever you are in the world. Uh, I was asked by Supertext to give a speech about localization and subtitling. Uh, I do a lot of subtitling work actually for Supertext, uh, but the first thing that came to mind when I heard about this overall topic was uh, a project that I actually did not for Supertext, it was another client. Uh, earlier this year I got the chance to subtitle a few episodes of the Disney Plus show Good Trouble into German. And in today's presentation I want to give you first of all a quick overview over the topic of subtitling in general. And afterwards, I demonstrate a few words about myself. My name is Adrian. I'm a Swiss native, currently living in Brussels. As Lucas said, I studied translation and vintage actually with Lucas together. So it's quite fun to see how our careers evolved. And now we are working on this together again. It's very fun. Uh, I've been working as a German language professional since 2016. So it is five years actually to the month, exactly five years since I started. And I'm still uh, very much in love with the profession. I really love what I'm doing. Uh, I offer translations, reviews, editing, post editing. I do language consultancy for companies and uh, subtitling as well, as I mentioned. So let's talk a bit more about subtitling as a service. So there are many different types of subtitling. The one I'm doing uh, most often also for Supertext actually is uh, monolingual transcription plus time coding. I would call it. This basically means that I'm receiving a German video usually. I transcribe it into a Word file while I'm watching it simultaneously. Uh, then I import it into my subtitling tool. Uh, mine is called Subtitle Edit. Subtitle Edit, you can check it out. It's, it's free, anyone can use it. Uh, it takes a bit of a, I get the learning curve is not that steep. It takes a while until you get into it, but afterwards it's really nice to use and, and efficient. From this type of subtitling job, I can do about five to six video minutes per hour, depending on the context, of course, how many speakers they are, how much is spoken in the video. 
but it's quite important that you that you have this in mind that you can't do very many minutes per hour right because uh, on the job market you will find a lot of very lowly paid uh, uh, subtitle offers and they give you maybe a, a rate per minute and they are usually quite crappy so you have to be careful with that uh, my rule of thumb is five to six video minutes per hour i can do if i want to do it properly you know then there is also bilingual subtitling jobs. I would say these are the two main ones, monolingual and bilingual ones. Uh, bilingual ones, obviously it's kind of the same thing. You first transcribe, let's say the English original, and then you also add a translation step where you translate it into German, let's say. Uh, you can do that either in Word, in directly in the subtitling tool, or as uh, I think Fiona mentioned it, you can also do it in certain cut tools directly. I've also done a few uh, jobs in STL Trados directly with the video implementation. It works quite well and then you don't have to do the time coding, so that's quite nice. In terms of content types, what you can expect to work on as a subtitler can vary greatly, of course. You can, you can have feature-length movies, you can have short films, uh, video clips, advertisements, uh, internal communication recordings from company. I'd say the bulk of what I'm doing are advertisements and these internal communication recordings where a company basically records stuff, information for their employees, especially now during COVID. This was very important because everyone still needed the kind of personal connection. So with video content, you can do that very nicely. Yeah, especially in big Swiss firms, this is common because their employees speak all kind of languages. So it happens often that I get a German video that I then subtitle into German and then these subs get translated by a French and Italian translator. So who can offer the service? I wrote, can you offer it too? And realistically, yes, everyone can offer it, right? Uh, granted, I did study it in my track at university. Lucas and I went for a different track. I went for the multimodal one, which was more focusing on, on written translation and on technology in translation. So that helped me a lot. I did a lot of subtitling there. Uh, it helped me to understand the basic rules that I'm about to show you in the next slide and also to get some practice in, of course. If you wish to study this on your own, give yourself a few months and, and then you can offer it as well. Uh, you can also always reach out to me if you want some tips, uh, how to get into it, it's no problem. I think it's super fun. I think it's my favorite service that I offer. I actually made a, a on the YouTube channel, I made a more in-depth video, more in-depth that I can go into it in this presentation. So if you want to have more details on the, on the service, you can check out the video called What is Subtitling? There I go into more details. Here I can just give you a few quick um, words about the technical guidelines for subtitling. Uh, the ones I have here on the screen are very general ones, general guidelines. They are commonly used. They're also the ones I learned at uni, for example. Um, however, of course, make sure to always prioritize the instructions from the clients. They're, of course, more important. Uh, but if they don't give you specific subtitling instructions, you can use these as a guideline. And the first one is very important and should never be broken. Two lines per subtitle is the absolute maximum, never more. Uh, the lines should be displayed in a pyramid format whenever this is possible. So this one is not too important, like if whenever it's possible, line one should be shorter than line two. So you get this kind of triangle pyramid shape, yes. Um, but it's okay to break this rule occasionally, especially if there is like an awkward comma in a sentence, rather break it at the comma than forcefully shape it into a pyramid. That doesn't make sense. However, the next one is important. The 42 characters per line is a, is a nice rule. So the reading flow is more is, is fluent. Uh, if you really want to go to the maximum of your subtitles, you can have uh, 84 characters in one sub on both lines 42. But then that's really chunky. So you have to be 
careful to leave it on screen uh, enough seconds so the reader can actually uh, benefit from it. Subs should always be centered and at the bottom. Unless there are credits rolling, then you can shift them to the top for, for, for a while, but always go back the, uh, to the bottom. And all the tools will have this as default setting, so you don't need to care about that too much. And the, the minimum of a sub should be one second and the maximum seven seconds. The, the minimum obviously is clear why and the maximum is also quite quite important because imagine you have a sentence and they there is a long break in the middle of the sentence but it's actually continuing later uh, it's quite important that you don't already display the whole thing right because there is probably a, a for dramatic effect or so there's a break so right so you don't want to spoil the whole sentence already and also just leaving something on the screen for 15 seconds it's it's bothering for the viewer Yes, so now that you have a basic idea of subtitling, let's get into this example that I prepared, uh, the show Good Trouble. It's kind of a teenage show, I would say. I think it's targeted towards older kids and teenagers. Uh, it has three seasons and is available on Disney+. Plus. I worked on a couple of episodes for season two of this show. And uh, the show, I was thinking how to describe it. It's, it's very Americanized, if you know what I mean. It's very socially just, very politically correct. All the things you would expect from, from Hollywood nowadays. And translating this is a challenge on its own, uh, but translating it to fit highly restrictive subtitling requirements was really tough. And this client had very restrictive uh, guidelines. So these the things that I mentioned here, with, yeah, they were basically all out of the window. I had only one line per subtitles, I, so the pyramid format was irrelevant. And I think I had maybe 35 characters per line. So yeah, it was really tough to fit this in. Um, the gender debate plays a huge role in, in this series, as there are multiple people who identify as non-binary, which makes it particularly challenging in German to indicate who is talking and who is being talked about, you know, because the pronouns are a bit the non-binary pronouns in, in German are still quite confusing and uncommon for certain people. So you have to be, you know, empathetic and think like what is the viewer actually expecting and also able to, to comprehend in subtitles because, yeah, the, the subtitles should never distract. They should, they should support the viewing experience, right? In subtitling, I think more than anywhere else in, in the localization industry, you are really transferring double media from one locale to another. It's not only the text, right? But you're also, you need to make sure that the text fits the image, the, the vibe, the audience this is for. If you translate it, good trouble, like just text uh, without the, the, the video, you would probably end up with a very confusing subtitle job that the reader can't follow, right? If you go more word for word rather than notion for notion, it would get very confusing and it could even, you know, hinder the enjoyment of watching the content. It's important that you put yourself in the viewer's shoes, like in the teenage shoes in this case, like, well, yeah, how can they, how can you uh, improve their viewing experience by properly transferring and explaining the cultural nuances in this content? So I prepared a few examples actually of the show uh, to, to give you an insight, insight into the challenges that I was facing with this. Uh, in this series, the challenges lay mostly in the gender debate. So the scenes that this stuff comes up are always very emotional, right? And you don't want the German viewer to get distracted with too many new pronouns that they can't follow. Uh, in English, the they, them pronouns, they're super elegant solutions that are already integrated into daily life quite, uh, quite commonly. In German, and probably a lot of you guys' languages out there, that, that's just not the case yet. 
So let's look at the first source example, for example. Lindsay broke us up. I told you they can't be trusted. You have to choose it's me or them. So obviously here the, the challenge is the, the they and them pronouns, right? Uh, maybe you can think yourself for a few seconds how you would translate this into your own language. I don't know, maybe you can write a solution in the Q&A chat or just whatever comes to mind, how you would solve this, this problem. Or it's not a problem, it's a challenge, right? Uh, so to give you a bit of context, it's the first person in the image that is speaking. This is Joey, they are non-binary. And then in the background is Sophie. Uh, this is uh, Joey's girlfriend, she is female. And Lindsay that is being talked about is also non-binary and they were the partner of Joey. That makes sense. I hope it should just show my first. Yes, okay. So this is my translation that made it to the show in the end. Uh, Lindsay hat Schluss gemacht. So the first part is very straightforward. That was just a normal translation. And then for I told you they can't be trusted, I went for ich hab sie doch gesagt. So I completely omitted the, the they can't be trusted part. And bear in mind, this is not only translation decisions, this is also highly restrictive character decisions, right? So I had to, like, Lindsay hat Schluss gemacht was one subtitle, the next sentence was one subtitle. So I had to be efficient and quick and still convey the meaning and the, the nuances. And I didn't have a, a pronoun here for Lindsay anyways yet, so I just decided to completely omit it. It still gives the right vibe, I feel like. And then you have to choose it's me or them. I decided to go with du musst dich entscheiden, Lindsay or ich. So I ordered ich. So I decided to uh, solve this with a colon and then with the repetition of the name. I feel like the repetition of the name is the most elegant solution that we have at the moment. You can't use this always because it gets too repetitive. But in this sentence, I, I think it flows quite well. And I completely disregarded any, any pronouns that could have a, a gender bias with it. So let's check out the next example. In fact, there is something I want to talk to you about. I'm thinking about changing my pronouns to they, them. Now, this is a completely different case, right? Here, the, this is specifically about changing pronouns. So I deemed it appropriate to introduce these newly created pronouns that we have. Uh, I can show you in German, this is Xier Xis. Uh, you can, it's, I mean, this is really a conversation about the changing of pronouns, so it's no problem to introduce something new here, right? Uh, CXCs can basically be used uh, similarly to they, them in German. It is still regarded as a bit strange in German discourse, but it is becoming more and more popular. And especially in the context of this show, I checked with the client if this is okay. They also checked with other German speakers and they said, yes, here the debate is in the forefront, so it's no problem to introduce it, right? So eventuell, ich wollte mit dir über etwas reden. Ich überlege mir meine Pronomen zu Xiexis zu ändern. And uh, yeah, for the audience that this is intended to, that probably, you know, has struggles with the same issues. So you have to be really empathetic to, you know, this introduce that this is okay to talk about this, you know, and not just completely omit it all the time. All right, and I have one more example. This is two people talking. So first it's Sophie again. Look, I don't have to go to the queer comedy nights. And then Joey re replies with, yes, you do. You have to go check out the scene. You need to get support from other queer comics. Now here is the, the, the challenges are queer and comics as a profession that could cause problems. Feel free to come up with an idea how you would solve this, these two things. Uh, the profession is always a, kind of a, a difficult part because 
in German and also in other languages, you would always have to introduce the male and the female profession, right? Komiket and Komikerinnen. But bear in mind that this is an emotional talk between two uh, partners, right? And no one would actually say both genders in a in an intimate uh, conversation, right? So it feels strange to introduce here both both of them because yeah, they would just uh, speak it how they think it, and it would probably be either male or female. I actually kept queer because I also work for another client on, on, on topics like this and there we use queer quite commonly. So for me, it's become normal and it's also in the Duden in our official dictionary. So I even derived it into an adjective down there into queeren. And the comics problem I solved by the English word comedians, which is very commonly used in German. And here I don't need to bother with using any kind of male or female form of comiker or comikerinnen. Besides the fact that even if I did this, this would still not cover the profession of a non-binary comic, right? So with comedians, I think it's it's a very nice fix here. So I, I went for in the end, ich muss bei der queer comedy nach nicht dabei sein. Doch schau dir die Szene an, du brauchst die Unterstützung von anderen queeren comedians. Yeah, in the end, I'm quite happy with it. But believe me, I, I, on these three things, I sat for like an hour or so or even more. And I asked back with the, with the clients and I told them about the issues. And they told me that I was the first with this is translated into like 16 languages. And they told me I'm the first one who brings this up. So I don't know if it's really easy for other languages or they just didn't care and just tried their best. But I wanted to make sure to ask back, really ask about the the audience because yeah these are very important decision in my view in, in my view so this is all i have for today i'm gonna stop sharing my screen all right i think you can take over lucas